You're listening to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by a couple of bottom-loving bitches who want to talk about sex, relationships, current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. To tell me what you want from me. I, I really need it. I, I really need it. Hello. Hi. Welcome to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. We back. I sounded very like weird and formal. <laughs> I'm, Vanessa. I'm Vanessa. You're Vanessa. As if somebody was excuse- uh, accusing me of something. Banana fana fofessa. Me my momessa. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I was stunned into silence. It was this- just a little bit delicious dish and I kind of love it. Just a little bit. Um, let's explain to our uh, our listeners, our little baby bottoms. I'm sorry, I'll never say that again. Um, <laughs> look, we are uh, one of our one of us is our me is speaking into a tiny microphone. <laughs> I don't know what happened. One of <laughs> I don't know what happened. One. Please. Please save Please this and only get, save ever this for the refer to yourself as one of us. Of, what is it? One of us is of our. What? Save, one of us. Save is it for the trial, are. Katie. I don't know what happened there. Save it for God, my sanity. Was, for my sanity. I loved hearing. it. I need a script to that. I need a transcript. Send what I was trying to say was that one of us, comma me, comma, is speaking into a tiny microphone again. Because I have, if you've been listening, I know that you've been on the edges of your seatses. That I These tiny ordered, baby bottoms have been on the tiny edges baby of the bottoms seat. just clenching, <laughs> clenching at the edge of that seat, um, holding on for dear life. Um, the microphone journey <laughs> that I I ordered it, it didn't get here in time, so I had to use the tiny microphone that I bought for funsies, but it yes. ended up twist like she really working. Amazing. Yeah, um, I'm also going to post. What I posted in my Insta story, which is me attempting to interview Dr. Boyfriend's dog, Charlie, who could not have cared less about me, but had a perfectly timed, what we call a lick loop. He's a pug. He's sweet. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Very sweet, though. So he gets this thing. He's got a really long, weird, long tongue, like Gene Simmons' long tongue. And so sometimes... Mm. It doesn't always fit into his mouth. And so sometimes he gets into this lick loop where he starts to like flick his tongue. Oh. Like he's licking. And then it seems, it almost seems like a nervous tick. Like when if you like scratch sure. your nose or something. Yeah. Or like you start to lick your lips, but then you, you can't stop. And you just keep repeating it over. So he gets into this loop yeah. where he's repeating the same thing over and over again. And loop. so he got in a lick loop just as I held the microphone to his little, little snoot. <laughs> So you can pick up all the sounds. It's amazing. We'll post it on the bottom Bible stuff so everybody can enjoy my my descent into insanity. Um, so anyway, oh God, where were we? Like three U-turns ago. Um, I got the microphone. We twerked it out. Katie is a goddamn genius. Katie and her boo were doing tech support via iPad with me holding it like your grandma. <laughs> trying to figure, It's because it was in the case and I couldn't. I had to take it out of the case to get the right angle. Whatever. It's fine. Um, we couldn't figure but it out. And that then... really bad customer service loop, though, where you're on the phone and the first person asks you, like, okay, try all these things. And then it's like, it's not working. So then you get passed to, like, the next person. And then that person asks you to try all the exact same things all over again. But I was I was <laughs> in such a tizzy. I didn't notice. And they were very gentle. And they were very kind. <laughs> um, and then Katie, like, found a solution. And we figured it out for GarageBand. Now, trying to have, there's the other step of that was that we had to figure it out in the software that we use to record mm-hmm. remotely. And yes. it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't working. And in, rather than waste another hour, I just was like, let's just use this tiny mic. Yeah, I love um, it. Solution. This, You're solution oriented. I love this tiny microphone so much. I literally have been carrying it with me everywhere I go, just in case I, I need it. to use it. And today, here she is. We're using her again. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. If you're still listening, I mean, what can I say? I Why owe aren't you. you? You are absolutely still listening. I owe you 
a huge debt of gratitude. Each of you, I should be sending you two rolls of toilet paper. Each. I love that you're a barter. I love it. It's love important. Toilet paper is, it is. It's important. It's getting, It's people are going to start to panic again. Uh. Also, update. If you are on Instagram and you're following the bottom Bible and why wouldn't you, you will have noticed that this morning I went off and I just kept commenting on our post. Yes. I love it. Oh um, God, I love it. While I was perusing Instagram in the morning, I tried out the bidet again to just a different <gasps> position. I, I did micro movements. I hit okay. what I can only describe as the 0.75 position. So it was okay. not one. It was three quarters of the way to one. Okay. So fucking perfect. Uh, uh, it was the gentle splash I had been looking for. Oh, I love. It was not a steady Windex stream into my beehole. Okay. Yeah. It was a a cold, yes, arctic, yes, but perfect. Oh. Spray. I kind of imagine it like you know like when you wash your face and you if you decide to put cold water on and your you face splash and you it on your face like yes a splash okay it was very so very much like a hole. splash yes just on my okay. on, on my beehole on my behold splash mountain on the beehole on the beholder the eye of the beholder yes <laughs> um, and why do i allow myself to talk out loud i okay i whatever. love it it's always fine. never stop um so that's an another exciting update that you're getting is that i found the uh i dialed into the perfect bidet dialed right in stream um so that's that's what i that there was a, an extra pep in my step all day long at work today um just in time to bring you this um today if you are one of those people that just hits play and doesn't read the episode <laughs> description that we work so hard on every week uh that's fine um Today, we're going to be doing the queen of YA, Judy mm -hmm. Bloom. Yes. I have been obsessed with Judy Bloom books, essentially the, my entire reading life, mm, okay. the entirety of my reading career. Yeah. Um, fun fact, I learned to read when I was four, which now oh, yeah. isn't as impressive because now everybody is a genius. Back in my day, you guys, <laughs> you didn't- you didn't know how to read when you went to kindergarten. It was really yeah. rare and it was impressive back then to know how to read before kindergarten. I knew yeah. how to read well before kindergarten. Um, so I have been reading like a long, long time. Judy Bloom, been there, oh gosh, probably maybe like fourth grade or so. Maybe like, okay. how old are you in fourth yeah. grade? Maybe third uh, grade, maybe third grade, like yeah. eight-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the earlier okay. stuff, the uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing was what uh, the first Judy Bloom book I ever read. But spoilers, I'm getting ahead of myself because that's also in our story. So today, just sit back and let me enjoy, or let me enjoy, yeah, let me enjoy it too. <laughs> um, let me tell you a little bit about Judy Bloom. And yeah. then we'll talk a little bit about our books and a little bit about like maybe our memories of anything that stuck with us, anything we remember. Um, so just sit back and enjoy, y'all. Let me speak into be, this tiny mic. I will be one with you, listener, fellow listener, and just absorbing this uh, this great information. Absorb, but also jump in because you know how I get. Okay. Um, I'll just, I'll end up talking about a space odyssey somehow. I'll connect it. Okay. <laughs> I have been reading a lot of YA as of recently. So I, there may be some. I love YA. It's I, pretty great. I love a serious read yeah. too. Like I love a, I love a downer. Yeah. Um, I love Jane Austen. Like that is my, when I want to feel a warm <sighs> shawl about my shoulders. That is a wintry kink for me. Yes. Give me a Jane Austen. I'm currently reading Weathering Heights for oh. the second time. Um, just because it just sounded like a good winter book. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Give me a Bronte. Jane sister. Austen, the Brontes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Judy Bloom. Just, yes. Another one of my many, many reading pleasures. Okay. So Judy Bloom is one of the most well-known children's and YA authors. For those of you not familiar with it, young adult YA. Mm -hmm. 
uh, tweens, teens, uh, preteens. She was most prolific in the 70s and 80s. Um, She became a staple of preteen and teen book collections everywhere, especially at my house. Um, Her first (laughs) book was published in 1969. And oh. she has continued publishing work as late as 2015 was her last. Uh, oh, dang girl. The last thing she read. She, Doesn't uh, she published. do a master's class? Like, a, like I, that? Yeah. Okay. So she's still active, but the last book that was published was uh, in 2015. Okay. Um, so she was one of the first YA authors to take on controversial topics um, like menstruation, mm. masturbation, birth control teen sexuality, racism, religion, and death. Yeah. She received a lot of shit, a lot of criticism for addressing these topics. The American Library Association named her one of the most frequently challenged authors of the 21st century. So um, parents, like parent groups pushing back and wanting to ban her from li- like school libraries or from being read as part of school curriculum. That's how you know you talk in that truth. Yeah, that's how you know. Um, Bloom explained that these topics were important because adults were often not honest with children about them. Uh, so controversy and challenges aside, as of 2016, her books have sold over 82 million copies. Okay. They've been translated into 32 languages and she has won over 90 literary awards for what the uh, American Library Association called her significant and lasting contribution to young adult literature. Oh, my God. I love it. So just a little bit about her background. She was born Judy Sussman in Elizabeth, mm-hmm. New Jersey on mm-hmm. February 12, 1938, making her 82 years old today. Um, She attended Boston University briefly. She eventually graduated from NYU with a bachelor's in education in 1961. Uh, She's been married thrice. She has been asked thrice. Uh, She has a daughter and son from her first marriage and a stepdaughter from her third. Um, She has said that her son Lawrence uh, from her first marriage was the inspiration for the character of Fudge. And... Uh For those of you who have never had the pleasure, Fudge is featured in her 1972 book, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. And as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. that was my first dip into the Judy Bloom pool. Um, I I loved reading as a kid, and I... It's an overused word when people are talking about her, but it is true, and there is no better word for it. I devoured her books Mm. when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. The moment I discovered Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, like, I was fully in. There were a couple of authors that, like, that I had, like, a white-hot burning passion for as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, Judy Bloom for sure, was one of them. And, um... Oh my god, I just blanked on her name because I'm so into Judy Bloom. It's the Ramona. Oh yeah, Beverly uh, Beverly Cleary. Beverly Cleary. I was yeah. just looking that exact same. That was my like. If I had a boner for books, it was the Beverly Cleary Ramona Quimby, age eight. I did love like all the Ramonas, but the first Loved. Beverly Cleary book I read was Dear Mr. Henshaw. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I loved Dear Mr. Henshaw yeah. so much. Um, okay, so. Um, most of, well, I say most, probably closer to all, uh, everything I knew about puberty and periods was always thanks to Judy Bloom, because guess what? She was right. And adults in my life weren't honest with me about those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, not honest or not completely forthright with them. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of questions about puberty and my period, and I got kind of... We'll tell you what you need to know when we think you need to know it. Right. Types of answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I am flummoxed, I tell you, that only one of her books has ever been turned into a movie. It was Tiger Eyes. Yeah. And it was a TV movie, I think, that was released in 2012. And it was directed by Judy's son, Lawrence. Oh, that's great. So Tiger Eyes, oh gosh, okay, 
I'm going to start talking about some of these books and <laughs> I'm going to try not to go off into crazy tangents because I want to mention a little bit about each of them uh, and just a little bit. But Tiger Eyes was um, back in my day. We used to kind of describe the Judy Bloom books like this is the blank book, mm-hmm. much like a, a Seinfeld episode or a Friends episode. Oh, this is the one about blank. Yeah. So Tiger Eyes was the death book. Okay. The main character's father is murdered. Oh, okay. um, I've never read he's, this. It's so good. Oh, God. So he's a shop owner and he's killed in a robbery because he's mm-hmm. working at the store and somebody robs it and um, and he he dies. Um, like the, well, we'll get into the books in a little bit. Okay. But Tiger Eyes is the only one that's ever been turned into a movie. I am fucking floored by it. Oh God. Okay. Cause we'll go again. We'll go into some of the like kind of synopt, a very short summaries of the books in just a minute. Um, but this is from an article from the New Yorker in 2012 by Anna Holmes called Judy Bloom's Magnificent Girls. I was going to try to paraphrase it, but it was just honestly so good. I'm just going to read. I apologize Go now. You're going to hear me read a big old paragraph, but it was good. <laughs> uh, many women can tell you when and where they first read a Judy Bloom book, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of them can't remember exactly how they got their hands on it. That's because like a beloved pet or a well-worn pair of sneakers, Judy Bloom's books were just always sort of there, part of the architecture and the set dressing of many a young girl's life. Bloom is best known for the way in which she dealt frankly and, for this reader at least, often titillatingly about puberty and sex, love and other indoor sports, as one of character, as one of her characters calls it. When adults spoke of flowerings and blossomings, the girls and boys in Bloom's books navigated far more visceral, sticky situations. Tony, Malo- Tony Migloni, the male protagonist in Then Again, Maybe I Won't, introduced legions of young readers to the concept of the wet dream. Mm. We sympathized with Margaret Simon of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, as she anticipated the onset of Menarche, which is your first menstrual cycle, Mm -hmm. uh, and shifted uncomfortably but excitedly in our seats as Catherine Denzinger of Forever discovered both sexual intercourse and birth control pills. The book, which caused a stink upon its 1975 publication, would no doubt make more than a few heads turn in the current GOP spin. Mm-hmm. Um, so Forever was the sex book. Yeah. The one that we all wanted to get our dirty little paws on. <laughs> um, and I sometimes think, again, I'm an old, so bear with me. I'm an old. I'm an old, you know, where sort of... Sex is dealt with more honestly now Yeah, for this crowd, for the, the YA crowd, and kind of sex-positive attitudes are, are more the norm. Mm-hmm. Back in these days, and so Forever came out in 1975. I probably w- didn't read Forever until the late 80s, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe I was, like, 12 or 13 when yeah. I read Forever. And back then, it was like a steamy book. Like, this is one of those books I had to hide in case my mom mm. came in and tried to read, like, trying to figure out what I was reading. Because this would have gotten me in trouble. She for sure would have been taken away from me. And yeah. I would have gotten in major trouble. Because the main characters in the book have sex. Yeah. That's the whole point of the book. It was the sex book. Um, so the fact that it came out in 1975... And we have to remember that this was a time when, um, like, material for young adults, especially for young girls, was Mm -hmm. absolutely not talking about things like this. For sure they weren't – it wasn't sex in a sex-positive way where the character is exploring it, enjoying it, and expressing her own sexuality. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. It would have been more of a cautionary tale – um, where the girl's life is ruined because she got pregnant. Yep. That type of thing. Um, so her work has, she's been in publication for so long that the work has influenced a lot of modern writers and creators and some that are a little more kind of surprising than others. So I just picked a few um, because it's, I mean, she's inspired 
multiple generations and like you would not be able to list everybody she's inspired but Diablo Cody's 2008 film Young Adult where a Mm -hmm. YA author is played by Charlize Theron who returns to her hometown Um, Diablo Cody cited Judy Bloom as an absolute influence Uh, Chuck Palahniuk's 2011 Damned uh, the novel called Damned it's about a 13 year old who becomes hell's top recruiter he looked to Judy Bloom as inspiration for the 13-year-old character. There's nothing more terrifying than a... Than a 13-year-old teenager. girl. No, absolutely not. And um, Amanda Palmer. Oh. Um, I think she's written specifically things about... That were inspired specifically by Judy Bloom. Okay. Um, so in music, in writing, including someone like Chuck Palahniuk, who not known for light, delicate, fair, absolutely, like very aggressive kind of masculine characteristically would be masculine type of writing. Yeah. Um, even Judy Bloom goes there. Yeah. So it is not like just for girls. It is probably mostly younger girls who were reading Judy Bloom, but there were a lot of her books that were aimed towards boys. Um, and it would have been something like, um, then again, maybe I won't lead mm-hmm. character was a boy. Yeah. And that was the masturbation book. Yeah, I see her referenced all the time. Um, I follow, or I there's a page I follow that's called like a Mighty Girl, and it's all about mm-hmm. uh, positive imagery for young children, not just mm-hmm. young girls. Judy Bloom is brought yeah. up constantly, especially the younger books were written like not necessarily they weren't like girly books. Right. They were books for children. Books for young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The YA things, I think because puberty becomes a reality in mm-hmm. certain ages, there were absolutely like some topics that were skewed, obviously. Like that, um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yeah. Was about a girl getting her first period and puberty in girls, probably obviously going to appeal more to girls than boys yeah. in that time. Um, okay. So real fast. Uh her first book was The One in the Middle is the Green Kangaroo, uh, about like a middle kid or like okay. a uh, a kid who feels like she it, or now I can't remember if she, he or she. doesn't matter. It was a child who feels like they're being um, lost in the shuffle of all oh, their siblings sure. and is okay. looking for a way to stand out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Iggy's House was the book that tackled racism. Um, and that was in 1970. Yeah, damn girl. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Also 1970. That was the book about the periods. Mm-hmm. Um, there were things in that book that even when they were outdated, like they, sh- instead of just like a tampon or a pad, because we grew up in a time when pads had adhesive right. side that sticks to your underwear. In the 70s and earlier, they wore sanitary belts. belts. Yeah. So it was a little belt that the pad hooked into to keep it in place. Um, so there's Then Again, Maybe I Won't, which is about a boy who just, he moves into a nicer neighborhood. It, it, there's some class issues because mm-hmm. it's a blue collar family that ends up making the kind of money where they can move to a nicer neighborhood. Uh. And in this nice neighborhood, he feels very out of place. But then he starts, he's given a set of binoculars and he, of course, starts looking into his neighbor's window, sees one of his neighbors undress on a regular Mm -hmm. basis and masturbates to it as a wet dream and starts to masturbate. And then the guilt he feels about it, uh, which manifests physically, he gets Mm -hmm. like really awful, like gastrointestinal issues from the stress and the guilt. Yeah. Hot snakes. 1971. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, freckle juice uh, oh, about freckle juice. <laughs> instead of wanting to get rid of freckles, this person, she wants to have freckles. So she uses mm-hmm. this freckle juice to try to get freckles. Um, it's not the end of the world was about divorce. Tales of a fourth grade. Nothing uh, was about a young boy. I think his name was Peter in fourth grade. And he feels like he's not special, basically. Yeah. And he's growing up in New York City. He's got a little brother named Fudge who's a fucking terrorist. (laughs) Um, 
Then otherwise known as Sheila the Great is kind of the female sort of character from Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Her mm-hmm. name is Sheila. She thinks she's all that. Um, so those like came from the same universe. Yeah. Um, Deanie was the uh, a attractive young girl. Her mom wants to get her into modeling. She uh, ends up being diagnosed with scoliosis and has to wear a brace. Oh, okay. Because now, book. yeah, now and she also was a masturbator. So it's a girl masturbation, female Got masturbation it. in this. Yeah. I remember it was in a bathtub with a washcloth over her. Like she was washing oh. herself okay. and she did it like through the washcloth. Yeah. Um, and uh, the pain in the great one, this one, blubber. Blubber yes. was like my jam. Yeah. <laughs> Blubber was about a group of girls who all picked on and teased an overweight girl that they went to school mm-hmm. with. But the girl kind of, she's so awkward. She's already getting made fun of and she kind of doesn't understand how much she doesn't fit in. So uh-huh. she does a report on um, on whales. Mm-hmm. And then she talks about like the blubber industry. Yeah. And that's how they get the nickname for her of blubber. Um, so it's kind of like very early mean girls. Yeah. 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 Um, then there was forever, which was the sex book mm-hmm. um, starring Sally J. Friedman as herself was a, about a young Jewish girl growing up uh, post world war two. Ah, okay. Uh, I think she was like in Florida. Okay. where she was growing up. Because I remember her, there was this part in the book where her parents took like an overnight flight to Cuba. So this was even before travel to Cuba was banned from the U.S. Right. Um, there's Wifey, which was, I think, her first adult novel. Okay. Uh, Super Fudge, which was the continuation in the Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing mm-hmm. uh, series. Tiger Eyes, the book where the main character's father is... Uh, murdered uh the judy bloom diary which i think was like a compilation of letters she started to get so many letters from young readers kind of thanking her and asking her questions that she um i think she started to do like almost like essays oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay and then there was smart women which is another adult uh novel and then she put all those letters into a big compilation. It was called Letters to Judy, What Kids Wish They Could Tell You. Uh-huh. So this one was kind of aimed at their parents. Like, these are the types yeah. of questions I get. These are the types of letters I get. Like, kids are curious about these things. Yeah. Kids want honest answers about these, up, these issues. Yeah, Talk to your kids. Uh, Just As Long As We're Together, I think, is another story about, like, a family kind of falling apart. Mm. Fudgemania. Uh, now we're into the 90s. Fudgemania, again, in the Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing series. Here's to you, Rachel Robinson. Summer Sisters, which was from 1998. An adult-ish novel. I read that thing so fast. I think I read it <laughs> in like less than a day. Oh my God. And like reread Great. it in the same week. I loved it. Um, adult, well, it starts out, uh, the two char- the main character and her best friend as teenagers and you kind of grow up with them throughout the book. So it's the adult character recalling the story about the summers that she spent with this girl. She was from okay. a wealthier family. So during the summer, she was the one friend that got chosen to come back over and over and share the summer house with her friend and her family. So they were summer sisters. Um. And then there's places I never meant to be. In 2002, she did another fudge book uh, from Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing. It's called Double Fudge. Um, then she had some more children's books in mm. the kind of mid to late 2000s. Uh, Soupy Saturdays with The Pain and the Great One. Going, Going, Gone and The Pain and the Great One. Cool Zone with The Pain and the Great One. Like She had like a kid series. Yeah. Um, and then Friend or Fiend with The Pain and the Great One. So there were four in that Pain and the Great One series. And then her last book that she published was in 2015. It was another adult novel in the unlikely event. Um, Uh. This was, I think, supposed to be inspired by her hometown of Elizabeth, New Jersey. It was very close to Mm -hmm. an airport. And there are a lot of plane crashes 
yeah. in the town because it's obviously so close to the airport. And so it's the story that, you know, main characters, uh, I think it's like teenage girl and her family and like kind of her friend's boyfriend and all this stuff. And there is a, uh, a really bad p- plane crash in the town. And it's mm-hmm. kind of about the the plane crash, but also the events that surround it. And then it's being told by one of the characters in modern times. So they're looking back ah. on it. So it's like okay. a, a little and inception sort type. of like now and then. Yeah. Got it. Um, and I read most of their books. Yeah. Haven't read <laughs> like the, the later ones from the 90s and 2000s that were kid driven. But the only books like the gaps that I have are the adult ones mm, because okay. I was still a kid when they came out. Yeah. And I just wasn't as interested in them. And now I do want to go back and um and dip dip back into it and kind of yeah. read some as as an adult. Um I have read in the unlikely event it was really good and Summer mm. Sisters was was Chef's Kiss also. But for me the ones that stick with me um it's Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing because that was the first in the series but Are You There God it's me Margaret. Yeah. Um because the accessories, like the the belt versus our modern, you know, adhesive bottomed uh, pad, maxi pads. Yeah. Some of those things change, but those emotions, they do not. No, they're the same. The feeling of being left behind by everybody because your friends all start to go through puberty and it always mm-hmm. feels like you're the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, or I... Like I had never even considered until I read the book and then later reflected on it as an adult, the horror of being the first one. Oh in your yeah, group. I know. Because like yeah, y- you focus on like the oh god, I'm like being left behind. You focus on the FOMO of being the last one, and never think about like holy shit, what must it what must it have been like for the first person for that nine year old yeah to get her period and then get her boobies and oh. then ooh, I had a friend that was in the wedding that she got mm-hmm. her period. My mm-hmm. mom also got her period at nine years old. Oh, just babies. Little babies. I was 14. <laughs> I was 12. I was old. Also, I was also, definitely like, what the book? And then I got it and I regret it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My boobs didn't come in. They were, they were taking their time. They didn't come Late in blooms. college. Talk about yeah, blooms, late blooms. Them, th- these useless birthing hips came in <laughs> fast and furious, but not not much else. Um, the other one is blubber because mm. uh, as a, an overweight kid, overweight adult, but yeah, that was like real tough. But the girl, the character in blubber, I think her name is Linda, is the okay. one they make fun of and call blub and call blubber. I didn't identify with her, even though that's who I assumed I would. Yeah. Because um, she kind of just let everybody pick on her. She was a very different oh. type of personality than, than I was. Yeah. She was much quieter, much more introverted. And I I got ahead of it and used that defense mechanism mm-hmm. of I'll make them laugh. And if I make fun of it first, they, they can't touch it. Yeah. So... But still, Blubber still stayed with me. And then I had forgotten almost about it until I started reading, like reading up more about her again, um, starring Sally J. Freeman as herself. Mm. She was a little Jewish girl on the East Coast in the 40s. Yeah. And somehow I identified with her. Interesting. Because the novel or the book title is taken from the fact that she was really lonely as a kid. Mm. And she has like in a household of adults and older kids. Uh, so she played by herself a lot. Yeah. And she imagined herself in these movie roles uh, as like a war hero, like uh-huh. somebody who would like infiltrate the Nazi party and like, you know, kill off like a, a head of of the party yeah. or get a secret smuggle that saves the war. Like she had all these fantasies. And she always imagined the movie, like, and starring Sally J. Freeman as herself. <laughs> and I absolutely did that. Like, yeah. I had all these, like, 
little fake scenarios for movies and like where I was the hero or like yeah. I came in just in the nick of time or I was the one who came into the room and like <gasps> the crowd was stunned. <laughs> I've uh, never read that. I feel like I should read that. Didn't didn't they also talk about in um, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret? Wasn't there also – I. I might be remembering this incorrectly but there was like the catholic and the jewish element her the lead character margaret her parents had like um like were in a multi-faith relationship Mm, one parent was catholic one parent was jewish yes but neither parent was religious so margaret didn't grow up close to any one religion i think like a grandparent tried to I think it was maybe her grandmother that tried to get her to go to temple but it was only like through social kind Uh, of mm -hmm. events that she ever attended temple or church if somebody was having a bar mitzvah bat mitzvah or like a wedding or something that was the only time she ever went to any sort of religious ceremony and part of the book is not all just period focus she struggles with Mm -hmm. her religious identity because she's got these friends that all belong to one or the other. Yeah. And that, that is the big thing back then yeah, too. That is major. also the age where you don't want to be different. Right. To be different yeah. at that age is like, ooh, it's like um, putting a big old target yeah. on your back. And um, that's right. Uh, I had forgotten about the religious aspect of it. Um and I think in Tiger Eyes, they they tackle a little bit of, I don't think it's it's race. It's more like cultures mm. uh, because the main character, after her father dies, they move from New Jersey to New Mexico with, okay. to be with family because the mom yeah. is like having a rough time. And kind of can't handle the kids and everything. So they, they move with family to New Mexico. So she moves from living like on the Jersey Shore mm-hmm. to having to live in a like into Albuquerque. Yeah, desert. Okay. And so there is some tension between um, Native Americans. And I they also have I think there's also a character who's Mexican. Mm-hmm. And a couple of like Mexican characters who are Spanish speakers. So there's some phrases in there that she she learns and repeats. Um, also, random weird fact: crochet is uh-huh. mentioned in there. There's a character in her class that never takes notes, but just passes the entire class crocheting. Oh, but she like always gets the answer. And I remember thinking, like, what is this crochet? Oh, crochet what is that crochet away what what what's happening there <laughs> and then fast forward to like probably 20 years later I learned how to crochet really was it did you learn how to crochet as an adult yeah when I was working oh. at uh, the software company oh, I learned I it from that. the YouTube oh my god that's yeah. amazing I was that meme that meme uh it says like slow down you old bitch yeah and it's like me <laughs> Trying to follow a YouTube uh, crochet tutorial, one hundred percent. That's amazing. Them ladies is fast. Yeah. And then knitting came. I thought I would never get knitting because it just seems so difficult. Even when I tried tutorials, I I couldn't get it. And then you were my key because you suggested I try continental. It's more like knitting. crocheting. Because yeah. it's like crochet. You hold the yeah. yarn in the same hand and the hand motion, the muscle memory yeah. is much easier if you're a crocheter yeah. trying to learn how to knit. Yeah. My mom taught me how to crochet and she's severely against knitting. I mean, she's like impressed by it, but she'll never, she can't. She refuses. You want to get her, I saw a tote bag a long time ago and it was the like the power fist, like mm-hmm. the resist kind of resistance fist up in the air but it's holding a crochet hook and the text says too legit to knit oh i love it she would love yeah. that it's a great idea nobody tell okay. her anybody listening to this nobody tell her so i would be curious uh what your faves anything that sticks out to you anything that you know what yeah what judy blue made you feel um, I, the only book of Judy Bloom's really, truly that I 
read more than once and fully absorbed was are you there god it's me margaret that's the one that was the one um and i knew i i read i think i read one of the fudge books Mm -hmm. um but i did really fall kind of harder into that beverly cleary i severely related to ramona yeah quimby um she has an older sister that does not like her annoys her Das me. I'm the younger one with the older sister that did not like me. Not a bit. Um, and she was just kind of like a tomboy mm-hmm. kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do 100% remember reading um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And I, I remember my mom was – so I was a, a, a bit of a little bit of a different generation. But yeah. it still wasn't not like we see it today. Like there – we don't like when we were going through puberty still in it would have been what um 90s for me like uh like 98 99 mm-hmm. um it was still hiding pads up yeah. your sleeve all of a sudden i started to bring a purse which i'd never worn before ever mm-hmm. in my life um and being able to relate to that and also having a comfort of knowing like oh shit We've been dealing with this for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like, this ain't nothing new. And then I do remember being very confused and asking my mom about the belt because I didn't understand what that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I what can't is, what remember. Is? I got sticky. I, I must have asked my mom because I literally have no idea who else I would have asked. I did not know any other adult women at that time. Yeah. Um, About the belt. And she kind of, I think, explained. she must have explained it to me because I remember, I can only remember not, quite getting it and then oh like understanding it mm-hmm. um there's something right. about there's something about that book mm-hmm. that even though it's kind of outdated it, some of the things are just kind of outdated now yeah. there's something about like the spirit mm-hmm. of that book that lingers <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if it's because it was really the only book it I remember my mom bought me a book like to explain puberty and kind of handed it to me. It was like, there you go. There are the instructions. The yeah. book, book, it's kind of like the book for the handbook for the recently deceased in yes. Beetlejuice. I kind of just got handed these like stereo instructions of like, uh-huh. what? I have to find. Um, so it's um, called A Mighty Girl. It's a page I follow on Facebook. And they had just, let me find this post. They had just talked about a book. Let me see if I can find it. Um, bah, 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 bah. They post a lot. Let's see if I can. It was a period book, and all of the comments were from women our age or older saying, wow, this is so great because I all I had was Judy Bloom. That was it. Yeah, that, that was, was it. the one book. That's what I was going to say because unless your parent – gave you your parents gave you some sort of like for pre-teens or for like pre-pubescent girls or and boys type of book judy bloom was it no other book talked about your period and if they did it may have just just been a mention of it judy bloom was the only book you could have gotten that had any kind of detail or any kind of story where like the period wasn't just a punchline. Yeah. It was ab- exactly. about the anxiety of waiting for it when all your friends have gotten it. The friend that lied about it. Um, Ooh, the, yeah. the girl at school that develops before everybody else. And like the jealousy that comes with that. Like all these, all these like, oh God, you could not pay me to go back to those times. No, I don't want to go. Back Absolutely there. not. I'm good. I'm never, chilling. never, ever, never, um, never. No, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, it's incredible the the influence because I mean this is called Go with the Flow. Um, it looks very cute. It's a um, let's see here. I think it might be a graphic novel. Um, Go with the Flow. Um, when new girl Sasha's period leaks through her pants, Abby, Christine, and Britt come to her rescue and whisk her off to the bathroom, mm-hmm. only to discover that the tampon machine is empty. Um, it always is. It always is. They never stopped. And then I, I was like kind of scrolling through the comments and I saw one comment that said, 
The only thing available was Judy Bloom's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, mm-hmm. when I was a child. Great to see others now. Yeah. Um, so the reach, the reach keeps on reaching. Um, yeah, and I mean, it makes, it's, it is really fascinating to think about the impact of writing for young women because there's so much of that happens to young women where either they're blamed, it's their fault. Mm -hmm. The way that it's spun and talked about in society is as if they've done something wrong Mm -hmm. when it's refreshing to read a take when it's like, Oh no, 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 this is natural. It's just what happens. Natural things that are happening to you. It's fine. Um, Yeah. There was no 15 when we were growing up. Oh God. Can you imagine? It'd be amazing. Yeah, well, what they experience in Pen15 is what we experience. Right, Like the embarrassment, the shame, the lying, either lying that you did, that you didn't, haven't gotten your period yet because you're embarrassed by it and kind of keeping it a secret, Mm -hmm. or that you have gotten it and you're blooming or stuffing your bra, like all those things. God, they're so, and I'm sure men and boys experience some obviously they do they they would experience mm-hmm. some kind of same not same but some sort of equivalent negative experience but there's so much shame yes put on women that mm-hmm. i i i'm not a i'm not a i i was never a boy not a man i i didn't go through the male kind of puberty experience so i can't say that there was no shame attached to it, but it doesn't seem like from speaking to men and boys <laughs> that there is anywhere near the shame that's put on women yeah. for what just happens naturally Yeah, to us. Like the yeah. fact that even someone who is 10 years younger than me or nearly essentially 10 years younger than me, Katie, um, that you also understand like shoving a tampon up the sleeve of your sweater at work because God yeah. forbid somebody see you with the tampon and that they know oh, she's on her period. Yeah. Um, I, at, I do remember at one point when I just stopped being embarrassed and I could go to target and I went in and if I needed pads mm-hmm. or tampons, it's all I bought. I didn't buy like a bunch of other stuff to hide with it. I yeah. carried it with me. No, no basket. I put it right on that. Um, the, What's it called? The belt thing? Conveyor belt. The conveyor belt. Um, she old, sorry. Um, I put it right on the conveyor belt proudly. Like, if you don't, if you have a problem with me buying these items, just look away. Yeah. Avert, avert your eyes. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm still not comfortable knowing, with anybody knowing that I poop. <laughs> you know, but you, you have definitely hit on something. There is an extra, I mean, we see it in the dress code, right? Mm-hmm. The dress code differences for young The burden women is placed on women, young women to not distract young men, yeah. not educating young men to be more respectful. Yeah. And like, you've got to, you have to control yourself too. Yeah. Like, you got to learn how to act. To oversimplify it, somehow everything that happens to us naturally, just how we exist, is our fault, whether it affects us or others around us, is sort of the summation. Um, We see that in – I remember watching – not to make this about Pen15, but speaking of YA, I – did not realize how triggered I felt. There was like an episode where they were talking about um, the smell of their vaginas. Yes. And I remember that being such a big thing, like this whole fish, whatever, and being like, oh, fuck. God, that was terrible. I remember that. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember that being a thing where you didn't want to stink. You didn't want to smell. You didn't want to be that weird girl. And then also the masturbating Mm -hmm. was another thing that they talk Mm -hmm. about. Um, Well, even now, like, I have a lot of friends who were and are, I'm sure nothing's changed heavy sweaters like they just mm. they sweated a lot mm-hmm. um sometimes they were it was because they were more athletic and they just did more <laughs> than the rest yeah. of us but others that were just you know everybody's body is different yeah. I'm not I'm not very athletic uh, but I also am not like a heavy sweater I've oh, never I'm been sweating. a super sweater um I have other body functions that humiliate me all the time so this is not a humble brag it's just I got lucky on this one. Yeah. Not a heavy sweater. Um, And somehow I remember it was a friend. I won't 
say who, but it was a friend who was very self-conscious about like the BO smell, convinced that she smelled all the time because she was a kind of a heavy sweater and was incredulous when I said like, oh, I don't wear deodorant every day. There's some days Mm -hmm. I forget. Like if I'm just going to go to work, I probably, and it's like not, it's a mild day. I probably won't wear deodorant because I know I'm not going to need it. Yeah. She could not believe it, was like, you're uh, a fucking liar. <laughs> I was like, no, I just, I'm not a sweater. And she equated it to being like more feminine. And I was like, oh girl, no, like mm. I'll, I'll mm. blow up a bathroom as badly and some, in some cases more <laughs> violently than a man. Uh, that It's not to say just because my armpits don't smell and I'm not sweaty doesn't yeah. mean that I can't like frighten you with the things yeah. my body can produce <laughs> i make up for it in other ways never 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 fear um but it's that attitude of like mm-hmm. uh, like i remember i had an aunt who said that vaginas were ugly oh yeah that, like you should hide them because like that she didn't understand like people who had like women who had like no shame Oh, about their bodies like how dare you like not be embarrassed by your own body it's like by existing in the skin yeah because i'm have. just i'm just living <laughs> yeah i'm just living my best I life i know well thank god for the judy blooms and giving yeah. us giving us the guidance that maybe was lacking um or we were just because like the shame gets passed down whether it's intentional or not um just like if you watch a parent feel shame about their own body they don't maybe don't direct it to you you're gonna pick up on that shame Mm -hmm. and start to analyze and feel so thankful for authors like judy bloom for giving us that it's just it's a different vibe when it's sort of a when there's a degree of separation where Mm -hmm. there's guidance with a degree of separation Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah, I feel like not just young women, but young men mm-hmm. all benefited from from those stories and being able to talk about taboo topics, especially in the 70s. I didn't yeah. realize they went back that far. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It I, it had never occurred to me to look at like the publishing years, mm-hmm. publishing dates of some of those. I assumed that when I was reading Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, in 1984 or something like that Mm -hmm. like I just assumed like oh this was written like last year right (laughs) and it was like oh incorrect no no this was who was her publisher did she have various um let me see actually I closed the page but I can very very easily Bradbury pressed uh Bradbury press and Dell publishing it looks like all the way through Mm. Uh, there were some that were E.P. Dutton but yeah, it looks like the same couple of publishers. You know what I love? I love trailblazers like Judy Bloom that lead us into like I we just read in the it was a few like a month or two ago, Pet, which mm-hmm. is a YA novel about a young black transgendered female character is the main protagonist. Like think about how far that has come um incredible book highly 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 recommended the author is um transgender non-binary uh akwaiki amazi i think is how you pronounce their name um sensational you got to read it Hmm. but um to think of if we hadn't had judy bloom yeah would we have gotten to that Mm -mm. place um i would say no and even then it was from the late 60s early 70s to 2020 right that's how long that took yeah um and yeah if you go to well you can't go to a library right now in most places um but you know next time you're able to look at a library shelf or at a bookshelf a bookstore shelf at the ya yeah um it's it's rows and rows and rows of it and yeah not that long ago it would have been like in some cases it was a book yeah it was just a judy bloom book Mm -hmm. or you know very very few things that were tackling those subjects in that way yeah 
you know, and not just like, I'm not, I don't want to shit on the babysitter's club, but not just like the babysitter's club where it was a little more like in some cases they did, they did occasionally tackle, you know, kind of a a heavier topic, but for the most part, Mm -hmm. it was much lighter fare or like sweet Valley high. Yeah. That kind of thing. Sweet Valley high. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Valley high. We need to do Oh my God, can we do like a book review of a Sweet Valley High? Do you know that I went nuts one summer and ordered boxes of them from eBay? I love it. Boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of them. Let's have a side YA. We've talked about this before, but let's do it. We'll be taught where we read YA and then we discuss. The Wakefield sisters. Like I know so many facts about these imaginary people. I, their brother Stephen, and then did you ever read the adult ones? Mm-mm. Did you ever read the updates? No. There were two of them, like in modern time now. Mm. Girl, their brother Stephen is gay. Oh. Um, I don't remember anything else. Okay. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. One oh. of them ends up with Bruce Patman, the rich boy. Oh. oh. Okay. Because yeah, he's we like done do a one eighty. He's done like a growth, whole growth thing. Okay. Um. He's pulled as pretty in pink. He and then like it's Elizabeth is the loser sister. Oh, it's great because I never could stand that stick in the mud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Elizabeth. Remember when she like changed her personality? She got into a motorcycle accident and she was oh in a coma. God. And when she woke up, she had a completely different personality. Yes, <sighs> that's the first time in that. But these are the things that take up all this storage in my brain. <laughs> that book where Elizabeth. Uh, it's the one where she wakes up from the coma. Okay. That's the first time I ever read, um, dr- uh, I was ever introduced to the concept of dry shampoo. Oh. When I read it, I thought that they were talking about shampoo for dry hair. Oh, yeah, I got to moisturize. And but I was no, like, they're talking about dry shampoo. No, because Jessica brings dry, like powder shampoo to the mm-hmm. hospital to help wash Elizabeth's hair. And then Elizabeth's like, dry shampoo. She's like, well, yeah. that's all I can do. And then I was just like, oh, she's mad? Because she like doesn't want to use shampoo for her dry-ass hair? Like, <laughs> oh, and it was literally like, probably a decade uh, later when I randomly thought about that and was like, oh, my God, I get it. She brought dry shampoo. <laughs> I didn't know dry shampoo was around that long. There's if some... I ever get into a motorcycle accident, you have to bring you dry shampoo. I'll bring you so much promise. dry shampoo. Uh, you, will, you would never need a helmet again. Just your hair would be so, yeah, your hair would be so <laughs> dry. Shampooed up. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that was amazing. There, I learned so many things about Judy Bloom in these books I did not know before. I can't believe I went off on a Sweet Valley High tangent. I love but it. I love those stupid books. It's like brain candy. I love yeah. it. They're the Jordan Almonds of oh my, my library. I love a Jordan Almond. Not very many people do. I love it. You, I miss me. how library smells as well, as well by the way. That Anna is the sentence. only other Jordan Almond oh. fan I know of. Yeah. I go I hard on Jordan oh. Almonds. I'll break my teeth. <laughs> but I too miss the library, but I did use the curbside pickup, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier today. Our... Well, it's not our local library because it's the library closest to our work. Has curbside pickup, and it was easy it. breezy, beautiful cover girl. Yeah. Um, I now have three books. One I've already <gasps> rejected, and I'm going to go return tomorrow. Ooh. Um, the Jim Morrison one. Oh, okay. The writer seems to have a real thing for Jim Morrison. Mm. And look, hot take. I'm controversial yet brave. I've always thought that Jim Morrison was kind of a prick. Not into the Lizard King. Seemed like a dick. Mm. Mm. And yeah. a dirty dick at that. A dirty dick. You little dirty dick. You dirty dick. I don't, I just, mm. there's like so many stories of him like whipping his dick out and just like peeing for fun. Yeah. And this was before he was famous. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's not my vibe. I, frat boy, yeah, never been my vibe. vibe. Not my vibe. Just because you can write a poem doesn't mean you're not a frat boy. I don't like it. <laughs> Not into it. <laughs> not feeling it. Not having it. Sorry he died. That sucked. But maybe Sorry. if he wasn't such a dick. Sorry he died. Not into it. 
I, I am not the one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it, the, the book just, it, I don't mind that he's a dick. I was, I just, cause I do want to read another just better biography, but in yeah. this one, it just seemed like this guy was just like clearly too much of a fan that I was mm. like, Oh, I don't want to read this. Yeah. I want like dirt. If I'm going to read a biography, I, I need to want to find stuff out that I can't Give, find when I Google search it. Spill the piping hot mm-hmm. tea. I don't need a cloying, like, sweet tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, want yeah. piping hot Earl Grey. Yeah. Which, although floral and aromatic, not sweet. Yeah. Truth. Oh, now I want Earl Grey tea. Mmm, tea. I love tea. They're always I out of it a when box I of tea, like, assortments from my, my mother. She said that. She like, I keep getting texts from her. Like, did you get packages? I'm like, well, nope. Guess I'm getting another gift. So she <laughs> said, like, the Republic of Teas, like two oh, tins. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of tea. Two tins. I of still tea. remember your former landlord, my former friend, um, being so sticker shocked by that fancy tea shop. Oh, it was. Oh, God, what was it called? Was it Tivana? Oh, yeah, Tivana. Because I know the, the brand is still around, but yeah. they had like, they had brick and mortar stores. Actually, and there was one yeah. at the mall. And you had to sit through this whole long, it's it was like a pyramid scheme presentation yeah. before they told you what the, na- what the cost of the goddamn tea was. Yeah. And they would set it up like it's less than $2 a pot and you can get, you know, this many cups out of it so it ends up only being about this many cents per cup and blah 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 okay but you have to like buy it by the pound or you had to buy it in bulk essentially so she tried this tea and the guy made it and it was delicious and blah 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 it was a whole experience and (laughs) she was holding she like she picked up like I think it was like one of those like travel mugs or something Uh like the steel ones and she was kind of looking at it and he tells her like okay so that's going to be 165 dollars and she straight up like (laughs) three stooges fumbled that thing and it crashed into like the display of the and she knocked over a bunch of them she was like yeah i'm not that i'm not paying that much for tea i'm gonna just go buy a box for three dollars yeah i was like well that's that's why you don't have them brick and mortar stores anymore You can't charge people two hundred dollars for tea. Can't, you just can't. I'm, I'm sure it's real good. I'm sure it's delicious. That's not. Again, I am not the one. You might be on the wrong continent. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they did have those beautiful ones that, like, it was like a like a dry flower, and mm. when you added the hot water to it, it would open up. <gasps> beautiful. I love. Like that. it was meant to be served in like a a clear glass. Yeah. Teapot. But I was like, yeah, I'm not paying. But, $150 for it, No, though. I'm sorry, sir. I'll watch a YouTube video. I could buy a cheap saxophone for that price. That, I'll watch a I'll YouTube buy, video. I'll buy 50 boxes of tea. <laughs> oh. I don't know how we got to this, but yes, yes. periods. Periods and tea. Good. Period tea. Oh, that's right. That. I want. I wanted hot tea spilled. That's right. Yes. Biographies drive through drive up curbside left. I can do it. I can pick up that stitch. I you can you got to bounce a little back. bit. But I have a small small window. It's it's yeah. already gone. Often I will say something very random. Often to my husband and then I'll ask him like like okay. <laughs> the other day we were driving. Not just sitting there. Just sitting there and I went the Gestapo were German, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. No. And then he'll be like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, you want to know how I got there? <laughs> That's always my question. You want to know how I got there? You want to know how that happened? <laughs> and then I, like, play it back. I'm like, well, I was thinking about this. And then I thought about this. And then I, because I watched this video earlier about this teacher with the Anne Frank. And then I was thinking about how this one gal mentioned the Gestapo. And I was like, wait. Oh, because I was like, it doesn't sound like a German word. But it is. I'd have been like, gazpacho's the one yeah, that's gazpacho? the soup, right? <laughs> Wait, which one's the soup? Gazpacho. Okay, borscht? Yeah. No, that's beets. Oh, okay. Doug a, Funny. A borscht? Killer tofu. A borscht? That, that's it. the soup, yeah. not the procedure. Oh, got it. Uh, okay. Well, we've come on that note once again to the end of our episode, the end of our YA novel, our chapter book. Um... 
Our jungle book. Also, please, I'm going to apologize to Katie now. I keep forgetting that this tiny little mic <laughs> picks up sound really well. And yes. I've been leaning into it like this. I just looked over at the little wave things. Uh-huh. It looks like I've just been fucking screaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alex Jones style My for an hour. looks like that as well. I think it just might be... Um... I'm going to just say, I'm sorry for screaming at you for an hour. No, it sounds I'm delicious. like a right-wing conspiracy theorist delicious right now. Delightful. I'll put Is a it... beat behind it. It'll be great. All right. Well, we bid you adieu. A two, three, four. I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe the pod. What YA novels do you love? Um, did you read Judy Blooms in your pantaloons? Well, if you're, in your blooms? If, <laughs> if you're a youth, what's out there now? What you reading? What what's available? What yeah. what what kind of what kind of stuffs is out there? Yeah. For the I, not the pubes for the puberties <laughs> for the puberts <laughs> for the about the pubes for the puberts. Yeah, I love it. You young little <laughs> teens, you. You tweet teens, tweens, and, tweens teens. and everything in betweens. Teens, tweens, and automobiles. <laughs> oh, you're too young to get that reference, you little babies. Okay, well, that's gonna oh, do it. That's it. We'll check you next time. Whatevs. Goodbye. Bye. It really does look like I've just been fucking screaming for an hour. I'm so sorry. To tell me what you want from me.